The language of climate change can seem very daunting if you're running a small business. What does sustainability or net zero actually mean to you? What about carbon emissions? You know you want to do something about it, but what? If you want to make a difference to help create a greener and better world, where do you start? There's a lot of information out there, but it's not always easy to find what you need or even know where to begin. A new partnership between the Royal Bank of Scotland and the Edinburgh Climate Change Institute aims to help. It will provide information, tools and support to create a new generation of climate change leaders among Scotland's small business community. It aims to help them become greener in their own businesses, but also to seize the opportunities presented by the efforts to reach net zero. Net zero effectively means balancing the amount of greenhouse gases produced and the amount removed from the atmosphere. And Scotland wants to do this, it wants to get to net zero by 2045, five years ahead of the rest of the UK. So how can small businesses support this ambitious target? How do we get more of those small businesses onto the climate bus? I'm David Lee and welcome to Growing Green Leaders, part of the Scotsman and Royal Bank of Scotland's podcast series, A Greener World Needs a Plan. One business already on the front seat of that climate bus is Thermify. It's a business based in Kelso in the Scottish borders, but it works across the UK. It's doing its bit for net zero by tackling the often neglected problem of wasted heat. Director Amanda Pickford explains what the company does. Yes, Thermify is a specialist software company. Um, we analyse and interpret temperature data that's in thermal images, which is a really exciting thing to do. And what we've done is we've built a really amazing piece of software that helps uh, measure the efficiency of heating systems. So around a quarter of all the CO2 comes from us heating our homes and our software helps ensure that we can understand how efficient these heating systems are and then help people understand how they can make improvements to reduce those emissions. We go into a property and we scan their heating system. Uh, we were in a property in London only last week and this chap was having a real problem with his heating system, couldn't um, get his house to be warm enough. We scan through and you can clearly measure the amount of sediment that's in a heating system. And uh, we came back with recommendations of how he can improve, improve the system and make those changes. So he's actually swapping out all his radiators because they're, they're old and uh, needed replacing and putting a new boiler in. So that really helps him in that sense that he can, but his system was really old and that it really worked with that. But also um, we're working with people who are looking to move down the renewable route so where it really helps is if you're putting an air source heat pump in, you need to make sure that your radiators are running as efficiently as possible because you're running at a much lower temperature. So ensuring that they're sized properly, but also admitting the right amount of heat is really, really important as a, that lower temperature is there with the, with the air source heat pump. So what motivates Amanda and makes her want to be a climate leader? Now, I'm very passionate about the environment. I always have been with farmers, so very connected to the land and what we produce and the seasons and everything else that's around us because, um, you know, it affects our business on a daily basis. Um, but just generally, um, we, we built a new house 14 years ago, put a ground source heat pump in, one of the very, very early ones that were ever installed. It's just been something that's been part of what we do and how we, you know, how we function. The thing is, I hate waste. I hate things that aren't quite right. 
it's a really passionate thing of mine. And um, I was doing some work with um, a big boiler manufacturing company, and they were talking about how they have these fantastic boilers that leave their factories, you know, super efficient, but then they're installed onto old systems. You know, these boilers are bolted onto the wall to an existing system and how they were getting so many problems with systems not being set up properly or dirty. And it was just like, can't believe this happens. There must be a better way. There must be a way. And I really saw an opportunity to build the software that allowed us to be able to look at. So when an engineer is installing this new boiler, he can look at the system and make sure the system is clean and running and can sign off when he commissions that boiler, that the system is up to the level it needs to be to run that lovely new boiler. You know, I hate waste. (laughs) Thermify is well on the road in terms of doing its bit to making a difference to our climate and our planet. But what does Amanda think about small businesses in general? Are they ready to raise their game and become climate leaders? I think they're going to have to be. So I think they're coming around to it, but they're going to have to look at their businesses with a new lens. You know, they can't just look at their profit margins anymore. These consumers have changed. Consumers want to be able to buy products from companies that they believe are doing the right things. And I think that's going to get stronger and stronger. And I think for companies to be successful now, they have to have this new environmental lens as part of their their business setup so that they can talk about what they're doing to be more sustainable. And I think that's where we're going to see the growth with businesses. The businesses that do manage to adapt and change and promote what they do will be more successful long term, I think. Amanda thinks collaborations like the one between ECCI and the Royal Bank are crucial in supporting smaller organisations on their green journey. I'm heavily committed um, and I still know that I can do better. Um, And there's lots of companies that just really don't know where to start. And I think it's really important that they're given the tools and the information that help them, even if it's just small steps to start with. But every step is a step in the right direction. And I think that's how it has to be put out to them. If it's put into too big a daunting opportunity, you know, thing that they have to tackle and it's going to cost too much money, it's going to be too much for them. We need to have the tools that allow them to start on that journey. You know, every step will make them a bit more um, environmentally conscious and sustainable. And the the more they do, the more engaged they will get and the more the benefits they will reap from that, from how their business will grow. So I think it's a a perpetual thing that will happen once they start on the journey. So what does the partnership look like? What will it do practically? Paula Ritchie, Enterprise Lead for Scotland and North of England for the Royal Bank, explains. We intend to really work with a small group of businesses initially to understand their pain points Um, and what the barriers may be to addressing some of the concerns around climate change and to take them on that journey around building either the capability of themselves as owners of the business or their staff. Once we do that, we'll be able to take um, some key learnings of what those challenges may be. They'll try to understand where there may be some nuances across products or different regional areas. So, for example, uh, those that are based in the borders may have a completely different supply chain or experience to those that are based in city centre like Edinburgh, Glasgow. So we really want to work with small subsets of businesses to get a little bit of a temperature check on where um, business experience some of those pain points across Scotland. And then we will open that up to a greater number of businesses and really try and focus on where the innovative 
ways that we can work to create some practical solutions um, and, and try to put some best practices in play so that we can learn from businesses um, and that they can then help to support others that may come on uh, the cohort with us. The initial group of about 20 businesses will be in place by early 2022 to take advantage of the 12-week programme, opening them up to resources and tools to help their understanding of climate change and net zero issues and what they can do practically. Mentoring and peer-to-peer support will also be part of the package. And over time, it's hoped that hundreds of businesses will take part in the programme until it ends in 2027. Paula Ritchie explains why 2027 matters so much to the Royal Bank's past and its future. The funding as part of this partnership came from a philanthropic fund that we have at the Royal Bank of Scotland, uh, the 300 Fund, which is a multi-million pound initiative created to support projects in Scotland to make a positive difference. Um, And those projects tend to be around climate change, financial capability and enterprise. So this partnership was to see a £1 million investment across Scotland until 2027, the year that the bank celebrates its 300th anniversary. Um, So this is very much around our view to creating uh, a legacy for Scotland and ensuring that we um, can invest in leading research, teaching and policy, uh, bringing some practical action to life through the ECCI partnership. Um, And really that's what this is about for us, making sure that we can support businesses through uh, a partnership that embodies uh, our legacy in Scotland and um, helps to tackle some of those key issues. What role does the ECCI play? Dr Alex Hilliam, Head of Partnerships at ECCI, explains. And I think we're in some ways unique in the university in that we bridge the, the gap between academic research and the kind of practical application. We're all about building partnerships. We're about being a trusted advisor. We're about sharing our learning, sharing the high quality expertise. And I think we're, but mostly I think we're about driving action and driving change. So I think for us, the project's really about applying the expertise, building the partnerships with the bank's SME customers to make sure that they're able to take action. I think there's loads of opportunity for the SMEs in Scotland to move away from a focus on just awareness and starting to measure what they do in terms of their climate impact. And I think for us, it's about going beyond that kind of awareness and measurement of what needs to happen and the kind of quantification of what they might need to do to actually taking action. I think it's a difficult space to be in at the moment um, for many businesses that are wanting to make the transition to net zero. Um, but I think what our partnership for me is really hoping to achieve, hoping to achieve is actually giving those SMEs the confidence, the tools, the resources, the networks to actually make real changes and move towards a net zero um, economy. Paula Ritchie says the bank recognises that, as Amanda Pickford said, many small businesses lack the capacity to put climate change at the heart of their business and that they need support from organisations like the bank. If you think about small businesses, they don't have the resources, whether that be time or people stroke expertise, that can work on um, you know bigger issues that are are tackles through climate change. So we understand that there is um, a large challenge that we really need to try and get our, our heads around both personally and in business. 
for us, it's about supporting um, and making sure that whilst we might not be the experts, we can signpost businesses to um, subject matter experts who may be able to support that, like those at the ECCI. But is the project primarily about helping businesses become more sustainable in their own operations or seizing market opportunities presented by the net zero economy? I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. Um, mainly tackling an understanding and building that capability, supporting businesses to build that capability because they don't necessarily have the resources um, to, to do that themselves. So that's our, our first sort of priority. But ultimately, businesses exist to um, commercially benefit and, and to invest back into the economy. And so to do that, we need to be able to understand where that opportunity may be for those businesses. So I think it's about that evolution um, and ensuring that we can best support um, to extend ambition and growth um, whilst dealing with some environmental credentials at the same time. Alex Hilliam agrees it has to be both and says there are huge market opportunities which will only grow in the coming years. There's no point transitioning your business operations and then just producing products or delivering services that don't support a net zero economy. Um, equally, there's no point producing products and services that support a net zero economy and not doing it internally. That's not going to be a sustainable business in the long term. I guess the effort for different businesses may depend on what sector they're in, where the focus might lie. It might be more internal for certain types of businesses in certain sectors. It might be much more kind of external product focus um, for others. And I think that's one of the exciting things about the project is that we will be dipping into different sectors and, and markets and gathering insight as well as offering support on what those barriers might be for making the transition. But if you are a supplier to the public sector, for example, in Scotland, um, public sector procurement is huge. Um, and is increasingly moving towards uh, a situation where you have to be able to demonstrate as a business that you are supporting the net zero economy, you're a sustainable business, you're in line with the Scottish Government's goals on reaching net zero. If you're not able to demonstrate that, then you're missing out on massive opportunities. Private sector is working in the same way. Other businesses, other customers are also pushing more and more for to see businesses and to see suppliers operating in this way. And also there's new markets opening up as well. I mean, I think it's 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 kind of, it's it's fundamental and it's everywhere. Um, and I think it's increasing. So I think if you're if you're a business and you're not ready for this, then you're then you're missing a trick. And where would Paula Ritchie advise small or medium-sized enterprises, SMEs, to start? For an SME, it's about taking that time to reflect. Um, and, and this can't be done overnight. This is a journey that we can go on. So whether that be educating the business owner or the business leader. It's educating staff and going on a journey with staff to understand the supply chain, uh, the way in which we do business, so what our business model looks like. Is there an environmental impact on our business model? And then similarly, how we educate our customers um, to some of those changes that we're making and why. So it really is something that takes time to uncover and unravel. Um, and I think the key steps to take initially are just to try and work through some of those impacts and then to start to build a plan of what small action could be taken. One way in which we can support that is to understand carbon emissions and to then set some targets for reduction. And I think the only way a business can do that is through support through um, some carbon measurement uh, tools, which we can uh, signpost, or indeed by taking that step back and looking at their supply chain 
And as I said, this this doesn't happen overnight. This has to be done uh, over time. Alex Hilliam also has advice on where small businesses might begin in their efforts to become cleaner and greener. You need to look at your business operation and you need to look at your the products and services that you're delivering and actually just take stock and think, what is the impact of this? How much is this costing me in terms of carbon? How sustainable is this kind of behaviour? Um, and is this approach to operations? And then it's a case of having the confidence to take the right action. So you might be looking at your transport fleet, your transport operations, your deliveries, the products that you use um, uh, to deliver your services. You might be looking at the, the nature of how your staff work and you can look at how your staff get to work, how your staff get around. There's a range of different things to do, but fundamentally what the most important thing that business can do is to just stop and reflect and have a look at what it's doing. I guess the challenge is that many businesses have is, well, what's the best thing for me to do? The, what's the first thing should I do? Should I look at transforming my staff travel or should I look at transitioning my vehicle fleet to electric vehicles, for example, or should I look at produce different ways of packaging or should I look at different delivery networks or should I look at starting to shift my farming practices away from one type of produce to another? These are challenges for a small business um, in, in transitioning. And I think that's part of what our partnership is going to do. It's going to help an individual business work through those choices and those options to take an informed step. Because I think many good businesses will know the types of things that they should do and they need to do, but it's about having the confidence to make the right step and the insights into what other businesses are doing to, to kind of give them the reinforcement that actually it's the right thing to do and it's, it's the kind of step that can have an impact. What will the partnership actually use to engage SMEs? Alex Hilliam again. We are going to be developing specific toolkits and mentoring and peer-to-peer learning as we go along. What we would envisage is a kind of 12-week programme where we would take a cohort of businesses through. Um, We would give them some toolkits to work on to kind of establish where they are as a baseline, to understand their business. Then the businesses would come together for collective workshops, um, some peer-to-peer working through some of the problems, start to do some business planning, and then direct them towards specific bits of advice and information that's going to help them to make the right decision. We will have kind of failed as a programme if we haven't ended up at the end of those 12 weeks or as we carry on over the years of this programme with a kind of network of businesses that are already that are all sharing, engaging and talking about how they're transitioning to net zero, how they're constantly reflecting and how they're constantly sharing um, examples of what they're doing. So it's a 12-week programme with some online stuff, potentially some visits from some of our mentors. Um, but yeah, building a community so that People don't feel like they're doing it by themselves. Amanda Pickford thinks it's really important to bring all the existing information together to help SMEs. There's lots of information, but it's all quite disparate. It's all quite um, dispersed. It's really difficult to understand what you can actually do. If there was one place that allowed you to go and, you know, just tick off certain things. So so setting yourself pledges, setting yourself ambitions and goals that you almost have something answerable to. So if there was a company or an organisation that, you know, you're saying, well, I'm going to try and achieve this by this, then that gives people something that they can work towards. Thermify itself is partnering with large organisations, including NatWest Group, which includes Royal Bank of Scotland, and the Ministry of Defence to help make a difference on a much broader scale. We've got some really exciting projects at the moment. Um, One specifically looking at the MOD properties, which obviously covers the whole of the UK. Um, we are 
we've run a pilot um, across right from Barnstable up to Lucas um, near St Andrews, um, surveying a variety of properties then for uh, the MOD. And that's been really successful. So once that comes together, then um, that will be a great change for our company. But also uh, with the NatWest project that we're working on, we've been um, surveying staff um, through the Central Belt in Scotland, but also down here in London. So we've even done Alison Rose's house, some of the big chief execs at, uh, at NatWest. So we've had a, a fantastic opportunity with them to be able to you know, cover a big, broad area and a big, broad range of properties. So I think that's something we were really keen to, to get under our belt so we could give them a good uh, data set once we finish the pilot of single bed flats right up to much bigger properties and looking at the whole ethos around it's, you know, it's all well and good being fabric first and making sure the properties are well insulated and everything. But at the end of the day, it's how much energy we consume. We're working with NatWest to support their employees to um, how understand how efficient their homes are. Um, and one of the things, well, how do you make them, you know, how what's what's going to incentivize them to make the changes that they need? And I think lots of large organizations are great because they're like a big community of people. And those communities often have challenges like step challenges. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, they have different things that they try to achieve. And I think climate is part of that. And so with large organizations, you can use their employees to make pledges against other teams or challenge against other teams to say, I can, we're going to achieve this. We're all going to do one less wash a month or we're going to run our, our heating at one degree less. Alex Hilliam says it's vital for large and well-known businesses like the Royal Bank to take a leadership role in this area. I mean, that is huge. I mean, the fact that we've got a, a huge bank actively and publicly saying that it wants to take a lead on this agenda. It's wanting not only to just talk about it internally, it's wanting to support its um, customers with making this transition. It can only be a huge positive for the transition that the bank is coming out and saying that this is important. Um, but that's just one aspect of it. You know, a big a bank coming out and saying it's doing something is one thing. Coming out and actually walking the talk is is the other. And actually, I think that's that's as important. But we've had politicians talking about climate change being important for a very long time with maybe not quite as much action as some would like to see. Um, I think the important thing is that institutions like um, the Royal Bank are seen to be doing something real and, and something that has an impact. The Royal Bank see the transition to net zero as something that's fundamentally part of future and current business practice. And actually, that signal from the bank is a way of making sure that SMEs will see that as well. And we're there with our support to try and enable those SMEs to make the right steps. Amanda Pickford agrees that leadership by larger organisations like Royal Bank is vital, but that it's also crucial to help small businesses to help themselves and each other. I think people like to see people of similar business size and ethos to theirs. I mean, there's always businesses that are shining the torch and are doing fantastic things. And sometimes that can be a bit intimidating for smaller businesses. Um, I think if you can get, get a collection of businesses um, that are all very similar in what they do and let them work together as a team, uh, as this community element of how they can, you know, as a collective, make small steps. And when you put them as a collective, small steps actually make quite a big step 
But if they just on their own and make that full small step, they'll think, oh, that's actually not going to achieve very much. But when they're in a group and they can see that impact over all of them doing it, then that makes them more empowered to do it because they can see that their tiny, their tiny step has a much bigger step. Different businesses are at very different stages of their green journey. And support from the ECCI Royal Bank Partnership will need to be tailored to suit their individual needs, says Alex Salian. Some businesses are way ahead on this agenda um, and they know what they're doing. They're developing products for the net zero economy. They're transforming the way they operate. Um, but others are just maybe don't have the confidence to move forward. They don't have the skills. They don't have the resources. There's not a picture and there's not a one size fits all solution. And I think that's part of what is exciting about our project is that we're trying to develop uh, support for businesses that's going to work for them and is going to enable them to make those steps onto that transition. And will COP26 provide that real impetus for many more small and larger businesses to get climate change and start thinking clearly about what they can do as individual businesses and as a collective? Paula Ritchie says an emphatic yes. For us at NatWest Group, by sponsoring um, COP26, it was about our way of just taking that that little step to demonstrate that we are thinking long term, that we are in this together with the businesses and the community that we serve, that we support. And we're determined to play that leading role in tackling some of those challenges and helping the customers to do the same. For the bank, that means both looking at its own environmental impact. Paula says it's on track to be carbon positive by 2025 and helping staff and customers. A partnership like this with the ECCI is one of the many examples of just how we can support Scottish business and Scottish uh, infrastructure. We launched a partnership with Octopus Energy um, last year to help us to look at simple solutions for customers and colleagues. And this was really primarily about driving electric vehicle solutions. It's just one of the ways that we can support finance in a different avenue to, to really encourage innovation um, through a decarbonised transportation fleet, for example. We also have it partnered with a fintech, Kogo, which gives our customers access to a real-time footprint tracker. And this allows you to understand, right, as a, as a customer, what are my um, carbon footprint at this point in time, but also then what are the next steps that I could take to try and reduce that over, over time just by making small changes. And each month we're making sure that we give users the opportunity to offset their impact as well. So we're really taking it seriously to see what are the various tools that we can use to help shape and influence the thinking of our customers. And equally, how can we um, use partners like those uh, such as ECCI to be those real subject matter experts and help uh, businesses or consumers to understand the change that they can make. And how does Paula think COP26 can be not just an event, but part of a really fundamental change in behaviour? COP26 itself is, is obviously a massive um, point in time that we can galvanise and help bring to the forefront some of those key concerns from a national point of view, um, some of those bigger uh, net zero um, emission concerns and what the sustainable development goals look like for business. But it's a point in time. And really for us, this partnership is about making sure we really understand what these challenges may be for businesses. And we start to go on that journey with them. We start to understand how we can break those barriers down and work in small, small, small issues at a time to really build some practical steps um, and help businesses to 
outline what their plans may be. Ultimately, we will not have all the answers on day one, but we really want to try and bring sustainability to the forefront of their agenda and then indeed help other businesses to um, visualise that through, through sharing those best practices and those case studies and really bringing that to life so that we can demystify some of the concerns that SMEs have at the moment around climate change. Alex Ilium agrees COP26 could be a great catalyst for environmental change in the business world. I think it's the right opportunity to start this kind of programme because countries are coming together in Glasgow from across the world to talk about this. Um, It's high up on the agenda. But actually, what do we do is the question that people will ask themselves and businesses will ask themselves. The fact that this is a big signal that everybody's doing something about this or governments internationally are talking about doing something like this is a really important catalyst to make SMEs take that first step or take the second step or take the third step. You know, they might have, they might be aware of it. They might have talked to their, their suppliers about it, but not maybe done the big thing that's, that's transformed their business. Actually, yes, it's a really good opportunity to launch this kind of program and to start to recruit businesses to it and to, to see them making change. But, he stresses, the green journey must continue far beyond COP26. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely is a long-term journey, and I think that's not a one-hit wonder. I mean, that's I guess that's the risk of something like COP. Every, everything works towards this big event, and then suddenly it's like, oh, what do we do? We can all breathe a sigh of relief. We don't have to talk about COP anymore. But actually, what we have to do is do something and keep doing something and make it the norm to do something around this transition. I guess this offer of support, because it's connected with the business kind of infrastructure, the business ecosystem of the bank, um, then this is a relationship that isn't just going to be picked up and dropped away. You know, there are other support offerings around around out there for businesses to support their transition. But this is about a partnership between the bank and a support offering that is going to be there for a long time and it's going to be embedded in the bank. It's something that's part of, of the kind of business practice. I think that's an opportunity and a legacy that we can leave after COP goes. And what about Scotland? Some critics say it's not a real leader on climate change, but Amanda Pickford, Alex Hilliam and Paula Ritchie would beg to differ and think Scotland is ready and up for the challenge. Amanda first. I think Scotland can lead because we're a a fairly small cluster of people. What we consume isn't as great, but therefore we can make sure what we do consume is consumed well. And I think we have huge natural resources to be able to produce more than enough than what we need. And if we then can concentrate on how we deliver the message of consuming better well, then I think Scotland can definitely be a lead. I think Scotland's got a real advantage in that it's small enough and dynamic enough to do something that's quite impactful. It's also got a huge challenge with the transition from North Sea oil and gas. So it's got to publicly do something real. It's not something that we're going to shy away from, but I also think it's something that Scotland's completely prepared for and is is ready to do. Being someone who is getting very passionate about climate change, particularly through helping to support businesses to understand this journey, I 100% believe that we we in Scotland could be at the forefront of change. That's Paula Ritchie of Royal Bank of Scotland concluding our Growing Green Leaders podcast, part of the Scotsman and Royal Bank of Scotland's podcast series, A Greener World Needs a Plan. Listen out for future episodes, which will be available across all the main podcast platforms. If you're a small business and want to find out more about your journey to become cleaner and greener, search online RBS Business Hub campaigns and RBS Green Business.
Growing Green Leaders was presented by me, David Lee, and produced by Craig Sinclair.